Happy Tuesday, everyone. We're here for episode five of the Anti-Wedding Wedding Club, and today we're going to be talking about wearing a veil. Before we jump into the episode, though, I just wanted to mention that if you're enjoying these topics and this podcast, if you could please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to them, I would be forever grateful. One way to help this baby pod grow is to get it out there and to get the ratings moving. The ratings moving. My goodness, I can't talk today, guys. I'm going to warn you now. So any help that you can bring by doing that or sharing the Instagram page or things that you like about the podcast on Instagram, that would be amazing. Um, I really love these topics and I think that they're important to talk about and so the more people that we can share it with, the better. mentioned earlier, I I think I have a sinus infection. So I apologize if I don't sound as great today. I can just like feel my my nose affecting how I sound right now. So uh, bear with me. (laughs) Anyways, as we know, wedding trends have come and gone over the years, but the veil has remained a pretty constant fixture in the bride's attire. The lifting of the veil after the exchange of the rings, and then the subsequent kiss, it's a pretty significant part of the ceremony. But I wanted to dive into why it does exist in the first place. This tradition was started by the ancient Romans, which should come as no surprise at this point, because they played a pretty large part in a lot of our modern day wedding traditions. So the Romans were a pretty superstitious bunch of people, and that definitely seeped into their weddings. In their culture, the veil was meant to act as a way to fend off spirits from the bride. So they had a red sheet known as a flaminum that was used to obscure the bride's entire body to create an illusion of flames, as apparently that was the only thing that could ward off these demons. The veil also served to hide the bride's face from the groom prior to the wedding, as superstition says that it was bad luck for the groom to see the bride before the wedding. So that's also where that tradition came from. One other thing that I wanted to note that was common starting with the Romans but has continued through, that was why we had things like bridesmaids that were dressed identically. You were They were trying to um, ward off evil spirits or have the spirits go to the wrong person instead of the bride. So that was, that was why that started. As weddings became more religious, the veil was used to symbolize the modesty before God, um, really heavily impacting Christian and Jewish wedding practices. I 100% know that there are many other countries and other religions that I'm sure use veils. It's a very common item. Um, It would take a lot, and the episode would probably be very long if I went through all of these. Uh, We will do, I am going to take some of these traditions, by the way, guys, and do secondary or third episodes on them and focus more on, you know, less on Western um, wedding and then kind of research more. But my knowledge base is mostly in Western weddings because I am from the U.S. and that is the kind of weddings that I've done. So that is why this is geared a little bit more towards that. But it is something that I'm going to work on. So... 
In Christianity, the tradition is found in St. Paul's words concerning how marriage symbolizes the union of Christ and his church underlie part of the tradition of veiling in the marriage ceremony. In Catholic traditions, the veil is seen as a visible sign that the woman is under the authority of a man. Oh, Y'all, I have to... All right, I can, I can do this. And that she is submitting herself to her husband's Christ-like leadership and loving care. The removing of the veil can be seen as a symbol of the temple veil that was worn when Christ died, giving believers direct access to God. And in the same way, the bride and the groom once married now having full access to each other. So it's hard. It's so hard for me uh, sometimes as a feminist and as a woman to read things and say things like, I'm going to wear a veil as I get married because I'm under the authority of my husband. Um, but you know what? That is my opinion. There are a lot of people that do not feel so strongly about that, and that's okay. On that note, in Judaism, the tradition is dated back to biblical times stated in the Torah in Genesis 24:65. For Jewish weddings, there's something called the Vatican, where the groom places the veil over the bride's face, and either, and either he or the rabbi gives her a blessing. The veil stays on the bride's face till the very end of the ceremony when they are legally married by Jewish law, and then the groom helps lift the veil off her face. Many say that the veiling ceremony takes place to make sure that the groom is marrying the right bride. Some say that the groom places the veil over his bride. He makes an implicit promise to clothe and protect her. Finally, by covering her face, the groom recognizes that he's marrying the bride for her inner beauty, while looks will fade with time. His love will be everlasting. In ancient Judaism, the lifting of the veil took place just prior to the consummation of the marriage and sexual union. So the uncovering or the unveiling that takes place in the wedding ceremony is a symbol of what will take place in the marriage bed. Just as the two become one through their words spoken in wedding vows, so these words are a sign of the physical oneness that they will consummate later on. the 17th and 18th century, bridal veils are occasionally worn but were generally out of fashion in Britain and North America, with brides choosing from many other options instead. However, the bridal veil returned to popularity after Queen Victoria wore a veil in her wedding to Prince Albert in 1840. The um, Queen Victoria, I want to do an entire episode on her. She is a very symbolic bride. Even in today's culture, the white dress, the veil, the, I mean, a lot of the kind of the bridal outfit became very popular again because of what she wore in 1840. So I think that she kind of deserves a, a deep dive into maybe why she made some of those choices. But so she wore one, a very large one, when she got married in 1840. So because of that veil, the bridal veil became a status symbol during the Victorian era. 
and the weight, length, and quality of the veil indicated the bride's social status. So a royalty had the largest and most elaborate veils, and then it kind of went down from there. Um, at this point, too, like bridal veils worn over the face were not as common until the second half of the 19th century when they were pushed back over. So in modern weddings, generally we have some assurance that the bride and the groom have seen each other and they're not disappointed. And the only evil spirits will be the ones that are in, behind the bar at the reception. So this tradition for a lot of people has become a finishing touch in a wedding fashion. It's like the icing on the cake, so to speak, that pulls together the hair and the dress and kind of the overall bride effect. For me personally, I'm neither team veil or team no veil. Um, I think some of them are absolutely gorgeous. I am a sucker for lace, so I could totally see myself wearing like a long lace veil. Um, I would never wear it over my face, but I would wear it going back down the back of my head in my dress. I'm also not religious, so the more, you know, patriarchy reasons for wearing a veil wouldn't apply to my thought process. And um, not that it's wrong if you want to wear a veil on your wedding day because of your religion or, or culture, by the way. That is obviously 100% okay. And tell me to shut up. Um, there are some really fun alternatives, though, to this accessory side of the veil tradition. And there's one particular alternative that I'm pretty obsessed with. So I know that the tiara and the ever-dreaded princess wedding is very 1990s or, I don't know, maybe was it even 2000s? I think it was. And honestly, I wouldn't be caught dead in a tiara. But there's a new trend for the queens of the world. Bridal crowns, ladies. Pinterest or, I, or Instagram, that one. And you'll see some stunning works of art for brides these days. One of my favorite designers is Melissa Lashi. Lashi? I can't say it. You guys, I can't say last names. I'm so sorry. Um, her IG is Lashi Designs. It's L-O-S-C-H-Y Designs. Um, on Instagram, and she comes up with some of the most epic crowns that I would seriously be honored to walk down the aisle in. Um, maybe I can convince her to come on the show as a guest so we can hear about it. Another really cool example would be the flower crowns, which are a little bit 2018. But hey, they are totally gorgeous, and if you're looking for that outdoor hippie type of wedding, that's a fantastic look to rock. Trends, honestly, do not matter. You can wear whatever your heart desires. Yes, even if it's a 1995 style tiara, uh, I guess I won't judge you that hard for it. our fifth episode apologies for it being out a bit late my forgetful self thought it was preloaded last night but alas it was not um so next week we're dropping an episode I'm really excited about with Lainey Schenk from Designs by Lainey and we're talking all about wedding invite etiquette trends in the invite industry and honestly just a whole bunch of other stuff as we found it slightly hard to stay on topic whoopsie so I really hope that you guys are excited for that one See you next week.